Welcome back, everybody. This is your host, Shanti. Don't forget the Monty. Welcome back to Room 104. I am here with a very special guest today. Jesus Christ, shut up. The man who always has a plan, <laughs> captain of the ship, Anthony Abachi, <laughs> the face founder of Miyasin Inc. Oh, one of the many faces. <laughs> God, this is quite the intro. Of course, I got yeah. I, I to take care of my guests, whoever comes yeah, on. Yeah, man, you got all the, all the different parts, yeah. December 28th, 2020. The channel is officially on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What made you go down this road into media and production? Was it something that you wanted to do when you were a kid? This is something that you kind of picked up later on. Yeah, so when I was in high school, my parents showed me the movie Cinema Paradiso. Have you ever seen it? It's an Italian movie. <coughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. No, I've never heard of <laughs> no, it. okay. Don't worry. It's that good. That'll make you cough. Um, right. Yeah, so it's, it's this really charming movie. It's about this little boy growing up in uh, this small village, small town in Italy. And it's, all, it's an Italian film. And right. he... His father dies in World War One or World War Two, and he befriends the projectionist in the local movie theater, mm-hmm. and basically helps the projectionist put the reels for the projector, all this kind of stuff. And he basically learns about life in the movies, and the movies about this little boy growing up into a teenager and then into an adult and revisiting his whole life. And you right. cry and you laugh, and there's love and there's heartbreak and there's mourning and like. I'm like a 15-year-old high school hopeless romantic kid right, and right, I'm like right, feeling right. everything. I'm like, ah, like I couldn't like resist it. And I was like, whatever that is, I want to be a part of that, like that feeling. I grew up in um, like San Francisco Bay Area in a town called Los Gatos in the South Bay. And, you know, it's not like a, a, a film industry there. I never thought that there were people that made movies. Like you hear about other filmmakers who are like, oh, I always watched the behind the scenes. Mm, yeah, I never yeah, did that. Yeah. I wasn't at, I was like, what is this garbage? Like, you know well, what I mean? Get me to the Really? Other. When I was a little kid, I was never interested in that at Got all. Got you. I think storytelling was something I was drawn to. You mm-hmm. know, like Armenians, you sit around the table for how many hours as a kid, like listening to everyone tell the stories. And I think I was always interested in that. Mm. And my parents always put me around um, adults growing up, right? So adults do a lot of stories. Kids, you imagine stories. Of kids, course. Adults, they tell stories. So I think I had always gravitated and been surrounded by constant storytelling of some sorts. Right. My parents being good Armenian parents were like, you know, <laughs> entertainment. I don't know. Because at the time yeah. I thought I wanted to be a director, not a producer. Right. Um, nor did I even know what the really the difference was. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so um, even though they were a little hesitant and everything like that, they were more hesitant in the regards of like, we want to make sure that you're successful, right? And we don't know that world to help you, right? A lot of it came from just having to make projects with my friends, like any chance I could get. Um, but my parents, you know, even though they were telling me, you know, hey, maybe to apply to business school. What about becoming, going to psychology, kind of like yourself? Right. Um, they also told me I could do anything I set my mind to, you know what I mean? Right. And so I really put forth, like, okay, how do I get this done? Like, okay, there's film schools, like, what are good film schools? I want to try to figure out a way to get to film school. Okay, I got to get my SAT scores up. I got to get my grades up, my GPA up. A teacher told me that there was a local television station, um, like a stone's throw away from my high school. Mm-hmm. He's like, you should go see if there's an internship there. Right. And, you know, you walk in and, you know, if you've ever been to like a local public state, like television station for a local right. channel, uh, part of your soul gets sucked away yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But these guys were great, man. They really let me, you know, come in after school and 
learn how to edit, learn what the equipment was, and they wanted free labor, right? So yeah, of course. Um, and yeah, even at that, I just kind of fell in love with being able to work on stuff. And they did a lot of new stuff, and um, eventually they started doing more sports stuff. So actually, even when I was in high school. Um, I had a weekly live sports show that lasted 15 minutes at noon on Fridays, and I brought my buddy in it. He was my co-anchor, and we would run at lunch to the studio. We were like, lunch got off at 11.45. We'd get to the studio, like quickly try to eat lunch, and, you know, you would wear suits, right? But you really just have your shorts yeah, on. Yeah, have- <laughs> So you have, like, basketball <laughs> shorts on, and then, like, yeah, like, I'll try to find, find a photo to send you, like, ridiculous and you have like a shirt and a jacket on. And we would do this live show that we'd work on the whole week. It'd be 15 minutes. And then it would end at 12.15. I had the first bell ring at 12, 12.20. And we were back to being wow. high school. I think I think all of three people watched it. I think it was my mom. That's amazing. And whatever geriatric patient fell asleep <laughs> with the uh, TV on. You have to start off somewhere, dude. Yeah. Like, I had three views on my videos when I was younger. And it was just me, me, and me. So... You know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then um, I was applying to film schools thinking I want to be a director. Um, and I really didn't get in anywhere. Um, and so I thought, I, you know, everyone wanted to go to USC, right? That's like right. the big the big mecca. Uh, didn't get in there. Didn't get in NYU. Um, even Chapman, I applied to um, for directing and I didn't get in. But they let me apply to my second choice major, which was producing. And they let me in. And so... Um, you know, I didn't get in anywhere else. And so I was like, you know, this is a, it's, you know, Chapman is an amazing, one of the top film schools in the world. Yeah. It's an amazing program. Yeah, I have a couple of friends who go to Chapman. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I'm, I'm very blessed that that was like, God was looking down on me and, right. and especially letting me in putting me in the producing program, mm-hmm. um, which was something I didn't know much about. I think like, oh, I could always transition directing, but I fell in love with producing and just being like the one that has to push the train up the mountain, right? you know? Um, having to bring everybody together. That was more in my personality and the way my brain worked than maybe the directing side. So I kind of went to Chapman knowing like, hey, I didn't really, wasn't supposed to get in. Like I'm not supposed to be here. And there's a lot of kids that were a lot more talented than me that had more skills than me, like mm-hmm. knew how to do stuff that I didn't know how to do that I wasn't exposed to where I grew up. Um, and I was like, I guess got to work harder than everybody else to be just as good as them. That was sort of the thought process. Everything kind of fell into place. And um, my friend and I, we produced a web series our freshman year. We raised money for it, crowdfunded money for it. No one thought we can do it, but we kind of got together all the freshmen that were ambitious like us that were all doing different things. And we made this web series and uh, we won a student Emmy for best scripted series. Um, we, We were like the youngest people nominated. And from there that kind of took everything off and kind of solidified like, oh, I can do this you know even though who cares emmy emmy for maybe you know yeah yeah, but it was it was a personally validating to the stuff that i was doing at a young age but also like okay like i could maybe take this further like okay um i think it gave me that confidence boost to be able to go uh, and shoot for more and so i think that's kind of how it that's kind of how all the media stuff started so it was okay so you've been basically just tapping into this since you were high school yeah, so I was talking about this with a friend the other day, yeah. and we were talking about how we've been doing this for about 11 years. Wow. And we were talking about that versus other generations, where a lot of generations don't get a shot at even seeing a film camera, you know, right. until they yeah. were, until they were 26. I'm like, I'm 26 That right was now. me. That was me when exactly. we did the whole show. Yeah. I never got to see a professional camera. Yeah. I mean, I saw it, like, when we take school tours, or, like, you know, when we went to high school, and my school, they used to take into... LMU or like places like that. And once in a while they'd have 
like a program, like a drama program or whatever the case may be, even at CSUN when I was doing my undergrad, I saw cameras on the side. I never got to be on it. I never right. got like an introduction on what the different cameras are. So when I was working on the project with you guys, it was very eye-opening and I almost felt like giddy. Yeah. Did you feel like that giddiness whenever you had first started your, you said your web series? Did you have that? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I, I was very privileged to be able to grow up where there was access to this stuff. Again, right. I, I, you know. My family had worked hard to put me in a position where I could even go to a school like Chapman. Right. Right. My mm -hmm. parents worked very hard for me to be able to go to that, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up, I went to a good public school in high school, right. you know, was able to be in a community where they even had a public television station to mm -hmm. be able to even get that experience, you know? Yeah. Cause a lot of kids, a lot of kids don't. don't right. And so, you know, um, but you know, I took that as like, okay, cool. This is my opportunity I right. have to seize it, right? Instead yeah. of sitting on my ass. So I think I became giddy about it when you see the like kind of the footage later. Um, but it's funny. I have a very um, odd uh, relationship with with the process of filmmaking. I love the process of it. Like, okay. Like if you were to ask me if I'd rather watch things on a deserted island or make things on a deserted you island, you would make them. I would make them. I right. I, I, I rarely. I really watch things back. Like, right. like Armenian dating show since approving the final edits. Yeah. Like I haven't watched the series. Like yeah, you haven't even like been unless tempted I'm, to unless look. I'm like with somebody in terms of the giddiness. I think the giddiness that I get is actually from my favorite part about filmmaking is the collaboration part. Right. Working it's always with, the most. Yeah. yeah. Working with whether it's talent or, you know, the camera team or the, or the grip and electric team or the makeup and hair team, depending on what the show or yeah. project requires. I think I get giddy when you're trying to figure out something and you because with filmmaking, there's no path. There's no rule book. Right. Right. Like the Armenian dating show, like Alexa and I and Zoe, like we had to craft what that direction was that eventually became the show. Like it came out of thin air, if you think about it. Right. Yeah. And so but the giddiness that I get is when you're trying to figure out something and then you do and you look to the other person like shit. Like yeah. we I think this is it. Like, that's the giddy part. I've said this to you maybe a thousand times. <laughs> I, he knows how many times I've actually said this. We, we've we've done it. I used to, in between takes, right before we took a break, I'd be like, Tony, you know, we got this. We got this on lock. You know, you're doing a great job. I, I mean, he knows how many times I went up to the different cast, you know, members of the crew and... I was very, very appreciative of the opportunity that you was were. given to me. I guess my well, you were you were excited. I, yes, you, you, I think you you make it out now. I think in retrospect, you were appreciative, but you were appreciative because you were also excited to go on the, this journey, right? Yeah, because it was what, new. Yeah, and what and I in you, if you remember, I think <laughs> because we were still getting to know each other. Even yeah. we were still even getting to know each other when we were making the show, right? Right, and so I think one thing that I I, I laugh about in good humor is you didn't know who I was either, right? Just as I was getting to know you. No so, clue. So you didn't know <laughs> you didn't know this the 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 level that which my teams and our teams right. and Zoe and Alexa and Aaron, our cinematographer. And, yeah. Shout um, out to Aaron. Love you, bro. I think that you didn't realize the level that of professionalism that we have learned 100%. and occurred and like the level of talent that the team has yeah. and um, and trickles down and, um, you know, a lot of filmmaking is problem solving on your toes. Like, okay, this For happens, sure. go to this thing. And so I think you were also um, a little starry-eyed at like, oh, there's this terminology, there's this, there's that. Yeah. Like, this is what this looks like. Um, and that was kind of cute, you know? Yeah. And, and I think um, what I appreciated about you is that you the, the moment 
and what we were doing was not lost on you. And you also conducted yourself in a very, so did the whole cast Yeah, that for yeah, saying yeah, yeah. so, but, all, but you specifically carried yourself with a certain demeanor in class that I appreciate that. I 100% agree with you on the fact that I was starry eyed because this was something that I was passionate about since I was like four, five, six years old. Like my parents and my family would kind of thrust me into the limelight to try to get me to perform, whether it was um, a scene from Shark Tale, whether it was a part, a movie. F- I'm, I knew me- at age seven, I knew the entire script for Pink Panther from the beginning, the, the beginning of the movie until the end. Steve Martin one? The scene, Steve Martin one. Yeah, the yeah, and especially Rush Hour 2. From opening credits, I knew exactly the timing, when the first line happened, what happened here, the words that weren't even said. Like, I remember the the actions, how I would mimic that, and my parents, my family, extended family. Like, you know how Armenian families get. There's like 60 of you in one room on New Year's Eve, and everyone was falling down laughing at just me doing me. One thing that I, when you said you held yourself with a sense of professionalism, I understood and I respected the field. That's, I think, one of the biggest things that some people either don't think about or they haven't really had the chance to think about. I knew that from the moment that we that we did our first interview where you asked me, it was you, Alexa, Zoe had not come into the Zoom meeting yet. Zoe wasn't even on the team yet. Yeah. Oh, he, she came later. She came later. It was Olivia Ohanian. Right. Olivia Ohanian. She was the one who sent me. Yeah, reached out to you. Yes. Which, again, shout out to Olivia. I'll say to the end of my life, Olivia was the one who sent me. Olivia was on our casting team in the beginning. Yeah. She's great. I grew up with her. Kindergarten through 12th grade, we were in the same. We went to AGBU together, and it was great. That's how I got into the show. That, again, kind of going back to the professionalism, I understood, and I respected the field, and I knew that you guys had put so much time and so much effort into something. I didn't even cross my mind how many years it took you to come up with this concept and to like get the team behind it and to bring so off the bat i was like people are coming there's cameras there's obviously a structure so i'm going through not just one interview two interviews three interviews and then the final interview you kind of gave me the schedule and i couldn't talk to anybody about the schedule like i had to sign waivers like don't say this don't say that and i was like okay this is this is legit yeah this is legit, and I want to be the best version of myself for this team. Yeah. More so about the preparation of the show, more so about preparation of Armenian dating show. Just how long did it take you to kind of set everything up before, like, you you and I met through Zoom? The idea of me scene came to me, the sea of the idea came in January of 2020. Okay. And then I started, and from, I started seriously fermenting on what it was around that time and then in march of 2020 i realized that this was actually a good idea and better than most of the other crappy ideas i'd had right um and started seriously pushing on it and in exploring like okay well what could this be and that's pandemic time quarantine yes time. prime pandemic time this yeah. was like level one and as you know the film industry shut down yes so there's no work yes um one of the ideas that came out of the you know quarantine pacing around in my apartment alone thought process was okay what could an armenian dating show be and then um, Alexa DeMary, who's um, the, uh, the co-creator of the show and uh, my co-executive producer on the show. Fantastic. And also the casting director on the show who yes. coordinated with you more than anybody to get you on the show. Um, so I came to Alexa, who was really into reality TV, but she hadn't done 
the show before and um you know through quarantine and everything like we had watched dating shows you know in, with the within our pod right <laughs> we were watching like 90 day fiance and oh, there was other ones and you know we and, and, and indian matchmaking indian matchmaking yeah. was one that came later and so um around that may time i kind of like i told alex like hey i want to explore with this like around that time i think it was maybe even maybe more so like june july um where i kind of were serious like hey like 2020 like, of 2020 okay. of like hey um like what could this show be right and so we actually came up with a different format for the show that was completely different. That would never see the light of day. That, in retrospect, was not very good. Well, I think it kind of goes to any creative process. You yeah. have evolutions of the idea. And right. there's always a way that you can grow the idea. And sometimes you need... I, I really do believe in getting the bad ideas out. Like, whenever I'm stuck oh, on yeah. something, I'm like, okay, like... Or if we're in a team meeting where we're stuck on a brainstorm, like, all right, who has, like, a bad idea? Let's get the bad ideas out. Because even though a bad idea, like, you'd be like, okay, I have a really bad idea, and it's kind of funny bad idea, there might be a seed in that. Right, right, that grows to the next thing, and that's what the uh, the initial brainstorming was. And even though that was one that we pushed on, there were so many other ones that we did. And what was really nice about working with Alexa, who um, is not Armenian, was right. um, she was like, "Okay, so like you got to tell me more about being Armenian." And we would do like Zoom calls where I would just she would just ask questions, and I would just talk to her about what it was like growing up and what it's like to date in Armenian community and these different things. And it allowed me to revisit my whole Armenian experience through that of which mm. we were able to kind of start looking at the show in this new lens. And I, I think why our show was so precious was we had a combination of Armenian filmmakers and non-Armenian filmmakers working on it. Right. And us, the non-Armenian filmmakers obviously relied on us to give them context to certain things. Um, but, the us Armenian filmmakers relied on the non-Armenians to see things that we took for granted, right? right. For example, um, I love that Zoe and Alexa really loved the idea of uh, reading coffee cups, right? Right. To me, I'd always like, yeah, the crazy auntie's the one who yeah, reads yeah, the yeah. coffee. And they were like, they should do go on a date. It's like Armenian tarot card reading, right? Yeah. Like, you never know what's going to be said. I'm like, that's a great idea, you know? And I was able to find somebody through Avo Kamburian, who was also one of our associate producers and our post producer on the show, who knew Ani, Ani, who is the coffee cup reader in the show. Yeah. And yeah, and we knew that, and then we learned that Ari Nazarian, who was the other, one of the other singles on the show, loved coffee, and it yeah, it worked it just out. Worked out. Yeah. And and Tasha's story on the show is kind of about her fate of where that's going to go, and mm. uh, it really worked out. Um, but this is a long winded to answer your story. No, no, so you're good. These are the process that we were kind of going through. So then in July, August, actual Mia scene and the dating show was actually really going. It was, it had become now I'd done it during that time. It had become a company right, right. at this point, but nothing was out yet. It was just okay. in like working on it. It was still just me. <laughs> still 2020. Still 2020. Gotcha. And so we're really pushing on it. Um, both Mia scene and, um, the Armenian dating show. Mm -hmm. um, and then the 2020 war hits. Yeah. And, uh, you know, doing a dating show. You have to pause it. Or even a, a, an Armenian company on Armenian culture. Yeah. Uh, culture changed. Armenian culture changed. Or it adjusted. I would say adjusted overnight. Yeah. Right. The conversation shifted. The focus shifted. Who wants to do any of this stuff when you're seeing, like, news on Twitter. Right. Or, like, you know, things on Instagram. So, yeah. Um, we sort of had to, I mean, me honestly, you know, myself, it was a very hard time both for the war, right. 
and it's quarantine. It's the U.S. elections. Like I'm trying Very to start hectic. A, I'm trying to start a company now. I don't know if like this is the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, how many conversations did I have about not doing it? I spent all this time on it. And, you know, it's funny is a lot of Armenians told me I shouldn't do it. And all of my non-Armenian friends were the ones who said I should. Um, and I think that balance and understanding why people said I shouldn't, why people said I should kind of help become and refine the focus of what it was. And so when the war started, uh, you know, after the peace agreement and um on you know early november and everything i was kind of like you know what like there was one thing at that time that we had actually if you remember we had an armenian dating show casting instagram page that alexa ran and yes yes so what was really cool about that was during the time of the war a lot of people messaged that page being like please tell me this is not a joke like oh my god this is crazy like during all this mess you know what i mean like these terrible things that are happening Um, you know, war crimes are going on. People just wanted that place to have joy, Yeah. right? A place for a release. Being Armenian is really hard work, right? (laughs) And so I kind of took that as, okay, like, you know what? Maybe I need to refine a little bit. And that was already a big key element about love, generating love. The name Miyasi and my mom helped me come up with in like April of 2020 of like, I was like, mom, I want something that feels like people can like love each other, right? Right. And she was like, well, what about the word, you know, what about together? Yeah. And so, um, so from there, you know, we were able to be like, okay, dating show, like, let's actually push this. So, like, I know it's going to be sensitive. There's going to be some people not fucking with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like being reached out to, but you know, re- really, really, we actually didn't have any negative feedback from that. Maybe people whisper or whatever, but who cares? Who cares? Um, yeah. So then we reached out, we, we got, we had a zoom meeting with you in January, January, 2021. Of 2021. Because in December, uh, right when in the middle of the war stuff was going on, I kind of related to what you were saying because I was making sketch comedy videos on the side and I know it's nothing close to what you're doing. No, but it's still, you're, you're like, does it, does it, is this connecting? Like 100%. Ryan was here last week and we said the same exact thing. When yeah. the war was going on, he was making videos, I was making videos and it, he, he said something that was very, very relatable and very touching and it was very, very real also. He said there was a point where when he was making videos, he didn't, he felt like he had to get political. Yeah. He felt like he was doing a disservice by not pushing some of what was going on in the Nagorno-Karabakh war, the Artsakh war. He felt like he was doing a disservice to his community and his culture by not spreading it, any news on it. And that was the same thing that I felt. I had to make a decision, like an ethical decision. Okay, I have to stop making videos for whatever to be determined amount of time because I wanted to make sure that, you know, my people's, my people are actually taken care of. The world needs to know what's going on. And there were times where I would have to balance between, okay, now people are too, they're too engulfed in this. I have to make something, you know, bright, something funny, something that can maybe not distract, but kind of lift people up from that dark, brooding, like de- depressing time. Because I even felt, everyone felt it. If you're Armenian, you felt it. And it, I definitely related to what you were saying when you were like, okay, now I'm stuck between, uh, do I make the show? Do I not make the show? And I think you touched on a very, very important thing. Armenians were telling you not to do it and non-Armenians were telling you to do it. And the fact that 
while I do understand the culture, sometimes you do have to go against the grain in order to really, really push something that you really do believe in. So major props to you for not cutting it there, even though it would have been understandable, but you still went above that threshold of, I could possibly get shit for this. And it, it's, it's just, it's crazy that like, it wasn't just me and Ryan who were content creators, small time content creators that felt that way. During that time, I think the thing that kept me through was right now it's hard. Right now I'm not right, but I did believe in the insight and my, you know, my, you know, my, what, what I believe, what, what I believe to be true is that if you create media that's good, that's undeniably good, that everyone's going to be able to connect to it, right? right? And that doesn't happen in a day, you know? Yeah, what I mean? no, it, it takes a while. So it think, of, while. I mean, you think about um, from July when we really started working on Armenian dating show Alexa and I until when it came out in November of 2021. That was like a, almost a year and a half that I yeah. was working on that show. Yeah, um, and then you know, marketing it through, right? You know, you never yeah. know what's going to happen. Not only was I afraid, okay, people shitting on me, whatever, right? But if yeah. the show wasn't a success, right? What if the show is bad? Yeah, you know what that's I mean? when it'll hurt And so more. That, that's kind of what also propelled me to, when we had the old format, like I was telling Alexa, I think we need to like revisit this. Right. And so, um, you know, her and I both went and watched other shows and did some deep thought. And um, for like one night, I just like, pour myself like a a glass of uh, John Walker that my or Johnny Walker that my friend Bailey and Shay gave me on the day mm -hmm. of launch and I never opened it and I was like oh I'll drink this and I watched a bunch of different dating shows and um, I was doing a lot of studies um, and reading reports on like okay well what do people engage with the most and I read a report where on Twitter for like the bachelor or bachelorette the highest um, like tweet storms were on when people were on a first date or some kind of first meeting, right? right. And then there was this other um, app that I was speaking with um, uh, this woman who was who was working there, who was saying it was like a storytelling app, and the highest engagement on the app was blind dates when someone was on a blind Interesting. date. Interesting. So I was like, okay, taking this, like, I we should create a format where there are tons of blind dates mm. because I didn't want to make a trashy show. Of course, I didn't want yeah, people no throwing, yeah. I, you know, I was already nervous about creating too much conflict between characters because I right. wanted us represented in the light that we are. You know, we're a very educated, forward-thinking, um, polite group of people, whether, yeah. and sometimes we portrayed ourselves not that way. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, how do I create conflict? Okay, conflict is, Sean's going to go on a blind date with somebody. What's going to happen, Right. And, um, so I was like, okay, well I need more dates, more dates, more dates. And I was like, okay, well what if they went on a blind date with the family first, like kind of old school. Yeah. Right. And so Alexa and I kind of, you know, worked on that and the way that, you know, again, when Zoe was on the show and Meryl, Ella and Nor, who are our editors and Abba, of course was in the process. And so was Alik, um, was we edited the show in such a way where you actually got to meet the characters mm -hmm. before the characters got to meet the character like before like if you watch the show before your dad and menwa meet natasha right right before natasha's about to walk in the door we cut to meet natasha right so then as an audience member you're able to start to form your opinion of oh do you think that this person and this person are right. gonna mesh right yeah, yeah, yeah. and do you bring the audience in on something right yeah. and so those, those are type of uh, techniques and tools that we brought into the show mm -hmm. so that also like 
that were that that show could get out to other people right? right and i love when armenians are like oh my god like or non-armenians excuse me are like oh my god is so and so still together from the show and i know if they've watched until that part they saw everything in episode five where we talked about Artsakh, right yeah everything in episode six where we got into why we have an armenian dating show right, right. Which honestly, because if there was a genocide, yeah, that we all had to disperse, and now yeah. we have to do this Armenian dating show to come, you know, still come together. Does that make sense? No, so- yeah, hundred, yeah. I think I think that you you outlined it beautifully. Uh, kind of switching it up to like something more fun. What was like a really, really memorable moment throughout the entire process of the show? Or was like a funny moment, um. or there was something where I did, or something that someone from the crew members did. What was something that you were like, oh my god, this is fucking hilarious and i'm probably never gonna forget this <laughs> there were a lot of things so you have to understand <laughs> when you guys are on your dates me zoe alexa and abby who was also an associate producer on the show i love you abby i miss you <laughs> so us four and you know whomever else you know was there we're like in another room or hiding behind a corner with a little like you know eight-inch monitor with headsets on watching your guys' date. Yep. And we love you guys dearly. You guys are weirdly like children, brothers, sisters to us Yeah. in this process where we all went through this process together. Mm-hmm. And so there were just so many times where you guys would say things, and in the moment, it just was so fun. Like, in the context of everything going on, and also, like, you have to understand, we're, like, moving a million miles a minute, right? Yeah. Bro, when you said shrimp in your interview, like, that was just, like... <laughs> Like, we just were like, oh, my God. I still get shit for that. I know. People still tell me. That's, like, the most, like, iconic line of current Armenian culture is shrimp. One of the stories that I had, um, I talked about the other one on the the live panel that we did during episodes one and two. But there was one instance where we were doing testimonials. Yeah. We walked in, and this was right around the time. I think I had changed my hair six times, which I loved, by the way, that you guys maybe put on a hat just so it wouldn't show oh, yeah, that. Yeah, he showed up with a haircut and <laughs> buzzed off. But a, but a duffel bag of clothes of his closet, and I had to pull out a hat. And we had two choices. You're and like, Zoe you're... was like, that one, not that. I think you had a pink one as well. I had a pink one with the rose. She's like, not the pink one. <laughs> And then, honestly, I'm so glad Zoe said that. Um, I'm glad too. So the haircut. So I got the haircut. Yeah. And I pulled up, and this was, guys, imagine like a really big warehouse, okay? Because I know, if you went to a Miyasin party, you know what the place looked like. Yeah, we shot the testimony. We shot a lot of, we shoot a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, you guys shot a lot of stuff in there. And one of the big problems I remember you telling me about this place was the AC issue. My ass was like swamp ass. I felt bad for the chair at one point because it was fabric. I didn't want stains to pop up on there. Yeah, I don't know if there were any stains. (laughs) We were sitting in that. I was sitting there and I think I had done. I just finished like a testimonial. I think it was like 10 minute something. I went off. And then Tony, Tony's outside. He comes back in and every keep in mind, there were crows sitting at the telephone pole outside and they kept like, like hitting the pole. Oh, yeah. And Bree, our sound engineer, right? That's her title, right? Sound engineer? Sound mixer. Sound mixer. Shout out to Bree. Uh, she would be like, no, plane. No, crow. You walked in. I think I'd finished everything. And then I think Zoe was asking me questions. Zoe, the director. And then you were outside. You walk in. No warning. You just looked at me. And I think Zoe was like, any more questions? Y'all good? And then it's like... You just went, yeah, 
and you're from like far away. The mic didn't. I'm sure you guys have this as a blooper. You're like far away. You go. Yeah, Shant, I have one question. And I'm like laughing because I know, I know something is going to. Oh, no. So he goes, do you eat ass? 